Welcome to the Taxol Podcast, where Taxol investing is made easy. My name is Casey Denman. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading Taxol expert. I'm the author of the Taxol Playbook, founder of the Taxol Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As always, these podcasts are completely free through and because of the Tax Sell Academy, which you can learn more about by visiting taxcellacademy.com. So if you've listened to a few of my podcasts, you've watched a few of my videos, or even read my book, you know there's one thing that will make or break your tax sell investment. And it's very simple. Research. I know that I can sit here and I record more videos about how I bought a property for $8,000, turn it into $76,400, or how I bought a property one time for literally one cent and turn it into $1,195 within two weeks. Those types of videos always get tens of thousands of views, lots of attention, and people love them. But that simply shows the result. It does not show the process. It doesn't explain how I got there. I actually consider those more entertainment than educational. Here's the deal. Those types of videos do not exist without knowing how to research properties. And if we take it a step farther, it's not just research alone. I come across those deals simply because I've researched so many properties and I've attended so many auctions. I've literally researched millions of properties over the course of my 20 plus year career. To most people in this business, research sounds like a word that requires substantial time investment. I even get newbies that want to hire a whole bunch of VAs that they found online to research properties for them when they shouldn't be. In fact, until you're investing well into the seven figures, you should be doing just about all the work yourself. The trick is to just knowing how to do it properly. Tax sell research does not require spending 5, 10, 15 minutes on every single property. If you're spending that much time on each property, you are absolutely 100% doing it incorrectly. If you want tax sell success, here is the big secret. Learn how to research accurately and efficiently. It's as simple as that. I know it's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not something you go out and brag about to your friends to tell them how good of a tax sell researcher you are. But if you want to find the deals that you can brag about, you must learn how to research accurately and efficiently. Let's talk about how to do it efficiently today. When you're looking at a tax sale list, the majority of the properties that you're looking at on that list are not going to be worth bidding on for a variety of different reasons. Maybe they're junk properties, maybe they just don't fit your investment objectives. Let's say out of 100 properties on a tax sale list, you might find 20 or 30 that you actually want. That means let's say 80% of those properties you do not want. The key here is to learn how to get rid of those 80% of properties as fast as possible. You don't wanna spend any unnecessary time on properties that you're not gonna buy. So as you're researching those 80 properties, our goal here is to spend as little time as possible actually researching them before they cross them off the list. Now obviously, you don't wanna skip something that's gonna be worthwhile, but the faster you work your way through that list, the better. So here's my method to eliminating that large chunk of properties that I don't want to bid on. And this is one of the fastest ways I work through all these properties. The first thing you want to do, the very first thing, 
is review the opening bid amounts. This is a very, very quick scan that takes a matter of seconds. Odds are you probably have a budget of some sort. Now, maybe that's the maximum amount of capital that you have at your disposal. Maybe you only have $500 or $5,000 to spend. Obviously, if it's above that, we can cross through that. Maybe it's a self-imposed budget for this specific auction. Perhaps you have a certain amount of money you want to spend every quarter. Maybe you have an auction next week that you're saving money for, whatever it is you have a certain amount of money that you're budgeted. Or perhaps it's just the cap of your risk tolerance per property. Maybe you have $500,000 to invest, but you're not quite comfortable investing more than 50 or 60,000 into one specific property. I get it, whatever it is, you likely have a budget. If you have $5,000 to spend or whatever your budget is, go right down the list and anything above your budget, cross those properties off and skip them. That is the simplest and easiest way to start removing properties off of your tax sale list. Now, you have to educate yourself a little bit more for the next few ways. Generally, on that tax sale list, you will be provided with at least the opening bid amount, the parcel number, and the legal description of the property. And we're gonna focus on the last one, the legal description of that property. A legal description is the legally described real estate that you're buying. So in other words, it's a very specific way to describe one piece of real estate. Many new investors think that they are buying a house, a mobile home, a building, or whatever else. And that is not totally correct. You are buying the legally described real estate and whatever is sitting on top of it. So if you buy a plot of land and a house is situated on that plot of land, then you're buying the house and the land. If that plot of land contains nothing on it but a bunch of trees, that's exactly what you get. So you buy the legally described real estate or piece of dirt if you wanna make it even simpler. So how can that help us? Now we have a workshop inside the Taxel Academy that discusses this in great, great detail. And it's actually one of the workshops that surprises so many members when it comes to just how useful it is. There are multiple types of legal descriptions. Today, we're gonna to focus on the lot and block method and the meets and bounds method. And let me go over these very briefly for you just so you understand how we can utilize them. So a lot and block basically takes the subdivision plat map and uses that as your reference. So you might have something like Hawks Landing Subdivision, block one, lot one. So you pull up the plat map to Hawks Landing Subdivision, you find block one on that map and you move over and you find lot one inside of block one and you have the property that you're buying. Very, very simple. The second way that we're gonna discuss is the meets and bounds description. This is a measured description. It's a little bit more complicated, but the easiest way to describe it is suppose you have a starting point, a reference point, a point of beginning. And that's typically gonna be somewhere near the property, but not usually on the property. From that point of beginning, from that reference point, you're gonna be directed a certain direction for a certain length of measurement, like you know, head due east for 90 feet, for example. And then you'll start measuring one direction and another direction and another direction until all your lines connect and you have the property drawn out utilizing that measured description. Now, the specifics don't really matter for the purpose of this episode, but I don't wanna discuss both just so you know what I'm about to suggest and how it makes sense. Now, inside of those legal descriptions, you will find major, major clues if 
you know how to read them correctly. This takes a little bit of time to study, but something that I always look for are certain buzzwords, fractional values, and exceptions. Let's go over a few examples. Let's say you're back in Hawks Landing subdivision. It says Hawks Landing, Block 1, Lot 1, E5 feet. That stands for Block 1, Lot 1, East 5 feet. So what that means is you get the easternmost 5 feet of Lot number 1 in Block number 1 in Hawks Landing. So you have a 5 foot strip of land, which is likely an easement, which is not uncommon to see at tax cells. So if you miss those two simple characters, east five feet, well, you're gonna be buying an easement instead of the lot you thought you were purchasing. How about another one? Block one, eastern one half of lot one. So for example, in this one, you're buying the eastern half of lot number one, which might or might not be a big deal depending on the lot size and the county's restrictions. Another example, Block 1, Track 1, WRA. That stands for Water Retention Area. You're buying a pond. Another example, Block 1, Green Space, or Block 1, Conservation Area. That means you're buying property that has been designated as a conservation area or as a green space. In other words, it is never going to be buildable or usable. Or maybe it's a measured description and you read it all and the numbers are very, very small. Every single number is small, such as from the point of beginning, you go south four feet, east three feet, north four feet, west four feet. That means that property is four feet by three feet wide or 12 square feet. Now, obviously, if you didn't catch all those different directions and numbers and stuff, the point is if you're looking at a legal description and everything is very small or it has all these little exceptions or it has something that just stands out to you, that's going to be a massive, massive red flag. Now, once you've learned to read those legal descriptions, what you can do by simply taking the time to go online and study legal descriptions, or if you're in the academy, obviously make sure you go through that workshop. But once you learn how to read those legal descriptions, you can immediately knock off a number of properties with a very, very quick one or two second glance. Now, the next part of utilizing those legal descriptions involves the subdivision name if it has a subdivision that it's located in. Now, if you've researched the market like you should have, you've researched the area that you're investing in, you likely know the best areas. So what you can do is you can take that subdivision name, type it into Google, and get an idea of where that subdivision is on a map. From there, you can immediately remove the property if you know it's in an undesirable area or simply an area that you don't want to invest in. The idea here is eventually, if you're familiar with the area or enough, if you become familiar enough with the area, you'll be able to simply take a look at the tax sale list, go down the legal descriptions and say, okay, in this subdivision, I do not want to invest, I cross it off. This one I do, you circle it and you dig deeper into that one. But the entire idea here is to be able to look at the subdivision name, go through cross properties off very, very quickly with maybe a half second or a one second glance. That is how you become efficient. So what if you have a tax list that has an address on it? A few tax lists do. Obviously that address is not gonna be guaranteed by the county. The county is selling the legally described real estate, not the address. In fact, 
I wouldn't base all of my research on that address. Instead, you want to use that parcel number cross-reference with that legal description for your research as you begin to dive into county records. But there are some ways you can utilize that address, at least for your preliminary type research that we're talking about. Again, you must have done research on the area that you are investing in. Now, if it's in an area where you did the proper pre-research on the area itself prior to looking at the list, you likely have a good idea of where you want to invest and where you don't want to invest in that particular town or county. So this might take some time for some people, but you should be able to take one look at that address and know based on that address, the section of town it's in and whether or not you want to invest in. Now, if it's an area that I am frequently investing in, I'm very familiar with, I can take one look at just about any address and immediately have a very solid idea of whether I want to cross off that property or if it's worth digging into. And the last suggestion I have when it comes to quickly researching properties is to review legal descriptions, taking note of any commonalities amongst the properties that are being offered. So for example, let's say you have 20 properties and you look at the legal descriptions and you see the same subdivision name over and over and over. Now, if you're not familiar with that subdivision, go ahead, spend a few minutes researching that one subdivision. In other words, you're doing bulk research. If there's something going on there, such as crazy high HOA dues, and you don't want to invest there, well, now you can immediately cross off 20 properties because they're all in the same subdivision that you don't want to invest in without putting forth any additional effort other than just researching the subdivision in its entirety. So obviously that's a very, very efficient way to knock a bunch of properties off your list. So there you have it. A few ways that I speed up my tax sale research when I pull a tax sale list initially. I look at the opening bid amounts. I review the legal descriptions after you learn how to read them. I take note of the addresses and then I do bulk research on all the properties that have something in common. Taking the time to fine tune your tax sale research accuracy and efficiency is the single most important thing that you can do to grow your business. But it's also the most often overlooked aspect of this business. So do what other people are not doing. Learn how to research accurately and efficiently and you will see success as a tax sale investor. Not only will you be able to make better investments based on your accuracy, but that efficiency will help you see more properties auction off which will greatly increase your chances of success simply because you'll be ready to take advantage of more opportunities than the investors who are spending 10, 15 minutes on every single property. So learn how to research accurately and efficiently. And if you stick with it for the long term, you will see success. That's all I've got for today, folks. I truly hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Tax Sell Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please do me a huge favor and leave a positive review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. This podcast is free. I don't charge a listing or membership fee or anything like that, but your reviews really help us out and might even serve to pay it forward to somebody else who learns about this business simply because you took the time to tap a five-star review or leave a positive feedback comment. And as always, if we can be of any additional help, be sure to check out our website at taxcellacademy.com where we offer our most comprehensive step-by-step tax sell training through our academy. Hey, take care, folks. Make it a successful day. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Bye-bye.